Uh, You're kicking off today. I'm kicking off today. Well, that's fantastic. Steve's kicking off today. Welcome, everybody, to Draft Politics. I'm your host, Steve, and with me here, as always, occasionally, whenever we get around to it. It's EJ. It's not whenever we can get around with it. We now have a two-variant minimum between sessions. So. Hey, but evolution's yeah. speeding it up, so we might get these on a weekly basis exactly. now, you know? We're going to start naming our episodes after descriptions of changes to the spike protein. Right. There you go. I mean, I wonder how many people a couple of years ago knew what a spike protein was. Uh, I'm going to guess nobody. Yeah, fewer. Uh, three fewer epidemiologists yeah, in exactly. the entire state of Illinois were like, oh, I know spike proteins. I mean, it, it is crazy. I guess people thought spike protein was going to be a pitchfork this year. Yes. Terrible joke. Terrible joke. I was, I, mean, it was, I was thinking of Buffy the Vampire Slayer vibe, but, you know, I didn't really get anywhere useful, so. <laughs> well, it's summertime. We're in Chicago. We've just passed the primaries here in Illinois, which are always a good time. Um, there's a ton to talk about. Yes. I, and it's weird, you know, thinking about what we were going to talk about today. I was in all of these modes of, oh, this is super important. That's super important. How do we prioritize? Um, so... It may be unsatisfying for some of you because we don't talk about the things you want. It may be unsatisfying for some of you because we do talk about the things that you know about. And it may just be generally unsatisfying because you find yourself wasting your time with us. But open a beer. But there's only three of you, so it's, you know, <laughs> exactly. it don't feel like it's uh, too much of a risk. Yeah, I'm wondering if our Norwegian contingent who's currently on vacation in London is still going to pick it up. Well, so we'll find out. We'll find out. We'll see. We will see. I thought we could actually start with Election Circus 2022. Sure. Um, Why not? And maybe national first, and then we'll get into Illinois later. I don't know if that sounds okay to you. I, I, am, I am along for the ride, sir. So, <laughs> so I think it's going to be short, not because there wasn't news, but mostly it's funny and weird news. So Fetterman, who's running for Senate, he's the Democratic candidate in Pennsylvania, uh, lieutenant governor, very large man, had a stroke right before the yes, before the yes. primary, won by a lot. Um, you know, leading in the polls, which is good. Uh, this week, his campaign bought a cameo with Snooky from Jersey Shore. <laughs> now, I was not a Jersey Shore person. I had heard of the Snooki. I I am aware of Snooki's existence, but that is... The whole plot plot of the the cameo was Snooki trolling Dr. Oz about how he left New Jersey to try to run, try to get a new job. She's like, but don't worry, you'll be home soon. (laughs) Jersey won't forget you. Nice. It was beautifully done. Chef's kiss. Yes. Chef's kids. And nobody's seen Dr. Oz since the primary, since uh, his opponent ended up conceding. Like, nobody's seen well, him. Well, because he had a stroke. Wait. Oh, he's not the one who had a stroke. Weird. Yeah. Okay. Huh. Well, Fetterman's not been on the trail either, but he's yeah, going to be but, back but out. But he has a better reason. He'll be know. back out. But he's, yeah, and he started, actually, he started showing up yeah. in a couple random places, showed up on a Zoom call for for uh, his uh, supporters randomly, and it seems like he's... He's all, he's all, you know, the, the main thing you'd be concerned about is if his mental faculties were somehow 
you know, at issue, and there's no indication that any of that's in, in play. Right. So, you know, uh, all, all signs are looking positive at this point. Yeah, and that's good. We need him there. Also, I don't know if there's a place that I want to go campaign this fall. Pennsylvania's in that list. And uh, if you are if you find yourself without things to do come August, uh, Netroots Nation will be in Pittsburgh this year, and I and I would imagine he will be on the, the guest list. And what are the so, dates for uh, Netroots Nation? August 16th-ish, 18th, 20th, somewhere that, whatever that weekend is. I know I'm going to be there. It's that Thursday, Friday, Saturday of that oh, yeah, week. I think, the thurs- I think the 13th is a Saturday, so anyway. Yeah, so it'd be 18th, 19th, 20th. That sounds right. Okay. I'm willing to believe me. Uh, I may be there as well. Still, we're going to talk about that after we stop recording. I'm going to be in Pittsburgh anyway for my cousin's wedding. Oh, well, there you go. I have Pittsburgh roots. Coincidentally, getting married at Neverton. No, no, yeah. no. But not in multi-purpose room B. Anything can happen. Right. You never know in multi-purpose room B. Uh, anybody gets that reference, please let us know when you rate and review us on iTunes. <laughs> I've said that in a but while. not Spotify, but not Spotify. Beto O'Rourke, so another place that I would consider going to to work in Texas. Beto O'Rourke pulled in insane amounts of money in Q2, insane amounts of money. He's only six points behind in the polls right now. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> he's got a shot for governor in in Texas. I, I, that's pretty good news. Yeah, on the less good news side. The generic ballot is about even right now. And the generic ballot is the, who do you want in control of Congress, Democrats or Republicans? Now, even sounds good. Maybe it's only good well, because if it's a, you know, that the, if the, if the notion is you're, in the you're, you're a midterm, you just had your party win the presidency. And so there's always a, a fall off that tends to happen. So if you're even... At this point, that that seems positive to me. It seems positive, but there's a lot. But of there's always like a there. weird, like, oh, so this party was like, hey, cool, we're gonna just like overthrow the government. That's neat. And the other party's like, no. Like, I feel like it shouldn't be even, but I'm, it, I'm it weird feels that way. like it shouldn't be even. Right. And it's it is gonna be very interesting to see what actually drives people as we get through to November. Yeah. Um, you know, we're going to talk about inflation later. We're going to talk about people's feelings about the economy. Right. And that's I think that's still going to be the biggest driver. And how in the co- public consciousness, things like Roe versus Wade are things like uh, the insurrection. And, and how does the and how do people perceive the Democratic Party and, and feeling how com- confident do they feel that yeah. they're they're doing the, the things that need to get done? So, yeah. And and. There's, I think there's part of the Democratic Party that's probably all of it that wants people to stop thinking about Joe Biden as being the head of the Democratic Party. Yeah. Like the best thing that could happen for the Democrats down ballot is for people to like forget that Joe, that, that Joe is a Democrat. Yeah. And that's not me critiquing him. That's just reality. Yeah. Right? He's an anchor to down ballot candidates right now yeah i mean and you know and part of that part of that is on him part of that is situational it's like he doesn't seem effective because he can't be effective because we have emperor mansion uh it, it, in the way of so many things so but we'll get to him in a moment we will we will in our most famous segment um but let's make some wild predictions for 2024 oh 
2024. Okay. And I'm going to tell you why in a second. All right. Republican nominee. Who's it going to be? 2024, the Republican nominee will be... Oh, that's a tough one. Look at him. Uh, wow, his name fell on my head. Texas governor. Greg Abbott? Yeah. No way. Yeah. Not a chance. All right. Come on. Greg Abbott. Okay. You called it. You called it. All right. I can see that. I mean, I can see the DeSantis. I can see the DeSantis argument. But, like, but I feel like Texas, you've got a little more, like, a, a, you know, a little more down home. Like, a little more, like, uh, America. I don't know. I don't know. All right, what's your prediction, though? Well, I think, I, and I think Republicans won't vote for him because he's got a disability. I think he loses the primary because he has a disability. Uh, I can see that. Yeah. And he's done I actually did not know this, so somehow I did not know this. Wow. What is his disability? Yeah, just, just look up. Uh, so <laughs> I almost made a very inappropriate pun, but I'm glad I did because you wouldn't have even gotten it. Um, let's look that up. Oh, you know what? I did know this. <laughs> I did. I did. I don't know why. Okay, anyhow. I mean, it's weird because you always talk about campaigns. They're rolling into campaign stops. You can't really say that. So, right. Right, right, right. I think uh, DeSantis, you know, Christy, like, like, no. You know what it is? It's like I only ever see like, you know, just his name plus asshole on Twitter somewhere. Like, I mean, it's just like. Yeah. I think it's DeSantis Gnome. Yeah. That's the Republican ticket. I actually so neither saw, one of us is saying Trump. No. I saw DeSantis hat. DeSantis 2024 hat the other day. Heavy blinking. Okay. <sighs> yeah. Democratic ticket. What do you think? Well, this is more fun. It is more fun. Uh, all right. So, so let's start off. We're going to roll into this a little slower. Yes or no, the nominee is Biden. No. Okay. We're both a no. All right. Yeah, I, don't think, All right. I don't think Biden runs. Okay. I don't think he runs. J.B. Pritzker. <laughs> I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility. So here, and here, here's why I'm saying this. Here's why I'm saying this. So, like, there's, like, you can tell there's a, several people starting to flirt with this. And, uh-huh. and Prisker has traveled to a couple places that seem vaguely related to presidential politics, like New Hampshire. And he's and going Florida. to Florida this week. And yeah. he'll probably end up in Nevada before long. And Iowa, of course, Nevada, is right nearby. One of the two. Um, yeah. And so uh, there's that. And he's, like, explicitly said, like, oh, no, no, we're not going to run against you. We're just, just doing some visits. Just hanging out. Just hanging out, seeing some friends. A billionaire, man. I can fly um, there. But I think about this, and I'm like... I think about progressive politics and the people I know in progressive politics and how many of them will be excited and would like, you know, like go to the mat to get Newsom elected. And I, I'm pretty sure the number is fairly low. Yeah. But I would go to the mat for Pritzker. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I mean, we're biased, right? Over indexing yeah. on our own governor. Yeah. But and if Iowa is still the first stop on the campaign trail, like but right got, over the border. I mean, the obvious people are... Kamala Harris, Gavin Newsom, Pritzker. Yeah, because Cuomo kind of, yeah, kind of failed. Pinched himself <laughs> right out. Um, and Newsom, I mean, he's doing some some stuff. He's actually being a little the the stuff on uh, insulin is huge. Like, yeah, that's, that's some great. Really great stuff. The the um, law that they passed to allow California residents to sue gun makers for. By the way, for for those who are not aware, uh, the insulin thing is 
uh, the state of California is going to manufacture their own insulin for people in California and who knows potentially beyond that but like to compete with the the you know insulin prices well, that are surrounding crazy. Republican states are going to make laws that say you can't travel across state lines to buy insulin one would assume because that's assume. How, that's their jam uh, we so what is your prediction then I think I, I think I'm going to work hard for Pritzker and I think Newsom's going to get the nomination oh I think it Newsom Demings Interesting. Newsom Demings. All right, all right. Very specific. Newsom Demings. Yeah, I don't know who would be the VP for, for Pritzker. Uh, Demings. Okay, or just Demings. All <laughs> right, yeah. it's just Demings all yeah, the way. I think, all right. I think Demings is... Uh, Demings is, I think, a very a very solid, very obvious running mate. I, I, you know... I actually would work for Kamala Harris if she got the nomination. I think she will struggle to get the nomination, partially because it's hard to have two people from the same state running. Well, and also I think, like, um, I think that Biden has not done her any favors. I, like, I, she's not been like she's not been really in a good position to yeah. really like establish her own. I mean, I think I, like, honestly, space. part of me is like wondering um, if a, there's a certain amount of we don't want to make we don't want her to be too promoted because then she might run against us. <laughs> but I don't know. That's, yeah. you know, that may be. I mean, do you remember a time when it's like, boy, that vice president's gotten a lot of airtime? Yeah. No. <laughs> Just Gore actually got. Well, let's see. Like Gore got. He had some things. Cheney, of course, was actually running the country. True. So there is there is at least some modern precedent for it, but yeah, she's she's not done much. And no. actually, even Biden got Biden had some things. He got to solve cancer. <laughs> he solved I, that, right? But that was in eight years, right? And yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. That does you know, help. It really has only been eighteen months, right? So, well, and yeah, and they're you know they're they're distracted with coming up with lightning fast responses to uh, Supreme Court rulings. Anyhow, let's move on, shall we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's move on. National segment. Fuck We're going to go Joe back Manchin. to one of our favorite, yeah, our favorite recurring segments. Uh, fuck Joe Manchin. Yeah. I don't know what we need to say about that. Well, I think the climate change discussion is moving too fast. I, I love how... Like there's a reporting of like, well, maybe we're starting to get somewhere on all this. Like we're like, 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 like build back slightly not as great but smaller and it sounded like oh yeah no we're no like no he is just screwing with you stop it stop it stop it you know and i i I really feel like if they just came out and said all right look everybody there are two senators who are democratic senators who are not going to work with us on any of this stuff and and we have 48 senators who are willing to do x y and z get us two more and we'll get to work like, I think, like, that, like, yeah. I hate to bring it up as a reference, but contract for America. Like, this notion of, like, this is what we're going to do. These people are all signed on to it. Let's yeah. do it. I mean, contract for America is both a good callback and a great point. Yeah. I mean, and that was the start of the Carl Rove days, right? Yeah. Carl Rove, whom I despise. Of course. was pretty effective yes so 
our next bullet point is I can't believe I said it that way. Our next topic. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Maybe we need to rename those now. They are yeah. emphasis points. It was about gun violence. Yes. And um, in our last podcast, the outline said, the big horrible things since we last potted. And it was Buffalo in Evaldi. Yeah. And I couldn't even change that subheading. Yeah. Because yeah, Highland Park. It, it is a really weird dynamic when we're like, every time we pod, we're at least one mass shooting behind. Like, not in like mass, mass, like, or like different scales of mass shooting, like the big, the big, it's big It's just ones. one unimaginable thing after the other. Yeah. Um, yeah. This time it was Highland Park, Illinois, you know, for yeah, those so of you who are yeah. listening, thank you, but also who aren't from around here, it's, you know, 20 miles north of the city. Yeah. Um, it's it's a small no, it's small town feel. Yeah. It's, you know. And it's a wealthier area. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. It's, it's weird, though. Like, one of the things that sort of felt a little off-key about it was, like, so my, my experience of this was I'm not paying any attention to what's going on in the world, and, like, I get a random text from a friend of my family who's like, Hey, just want to check in and make sure you're okay. I heard about the shooting in Chicago. And I'm like, what are they even talking about? And I go and look up what's going on. It's like, oh, well, that's not in Chicago. I mean, it's near Chicago, but yeah. it's not in Chicago. And like, and I, and to be clear, like, I, I very much appreciate the fact that there are people who are concerned about me and want to make sure I'm okay in those situations. Just for the record, nobody texted me. Okay. So nobody cares about you. I understand. Uh, you know what? I would have texted you, but I know where Highland Park is. Uh, so that's true. I did get a text that said, hope you're not okay. Right. But I, I'm sure that was just Sorry about that. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, so, but, uh, you know, I think about, like, all of the shootings that happen in Chicago on a daily basis that I am in actually much closer proximity to. And, and, you, and, you know, and if you understand how Chicago and the violence here works, like, you know, there's... How at risk are you really depends on where you live. And there are certain parts of our city which, you know, have been, you know, are more violent than others for reasons that are longstanding and, and, and awful. But, I, but it, it, it's a little weird to me to see, like, one set of violence being elevated as more of a concern than another set of violence where, like, it's that whole thing of, like, one incident where a lot of people die is more on yeah. people's radar than a bunch of smaller incidents happening over a period of time. And especially there's the racial element to those feelings on that. that Well, and how they get reported. And how they get reported. So, So, like, if if somebody gets shot on the west side of Chicago, that is his statistic and part of the overall, uh, a portrayal of Chicago is the violent hellscape that apparently it is on Fox News. Uh, Whereas the Highland Park shooting is treated in a very different way. And it's treated as a much more specific human cost instead of a statistic to be reported and and, you know the thing that the thing that i i keep coming back to in my head about all that is that even illinois with reasonably you know reasonably aggressive gun laws couldn't help this because other people were enablers in this case yeah uh, the the shooter's father yeah so like ah, he's fine yeah 
and on that point, though, um, there is uh, some effort being made to ban assault weapons in, in uh, Illinois. And, you know, and we have these online debates where we have some pedantic asshole who's like, well, no, no, that's not a clip, that's a magazine, and it means an automatic versus semi-automatic. And like, like, and like, I get, like, there's, there's some technical nuances to all of this, but if you look at the legislation that was written about an assault weapon ban, it is very specific and very well thought out in terms of what yeah. that means. Yeah. And basically it comes down to clip sizes is really kind of the big thing on there is like reducing the size of clips below. So it's only 10 or less to, you know, and so you don't have 30 round, excuse me, magazines, uh, 30 round magazines or whatever else or belt feeds or all that level of insanity. I, and now here's the thing. All that's well and good, but then, hey, if you go buy that gun in Indiana and drive over the border, what are we going to do? Yeah, and, you know, I feel like there, there are two big points here. One is if police who are armored, uh, like in Uvalde, Texas, are afraid to confront somebody with an AR-15, Maybe people shouldn't have them. Maybe people shouldn't have them. Yeah. Right? Like, you could say all you want for gun rights and, and whatnot, but, like, it's hard to hold in your mind a world where you fund fund a, a, an institution to protect people Yeah. and support something that... Yeah, support uh, the ability to attack that institution, right? Like, I, it is, um, it is really. I, I, I've never been able to to wrap my brain around that that duality. Um, I, and you know, we'll keep working on it, and maybe something will change, maybe something won't. But I, we can't keep it out of people's consciousness. Yeah. Right. <sighs> yeah. So to break Great. things up, let's talk about a post row world. <laughs> bring, bring, you know, make everybody, you know, bring up the level, have a, have a little bit more happiness well, and I, I and think hope there is and, some, yeah, some maybe bright spots here, but like, you know, at the as soon as as soon as that case was decided. When you combine that with the extremely litigious nature of the United States. Yes. And, and particularly in healthcare. And the way that uh, zealots or whatever you want to call them are going after anybody who they think might have done anything that might, you know, like now healthcare is being denied for very legitimate reasons. People can't get the medication they've been prescribed because in a, you know, 17th bullet side effect, it could have an impact on pregnancy. You know, people who have rheumatoid arthritis who are not pregnant can't get their medication. Yes. Because they could get pregnant. And if they get pregnant and they take their medication and something happens, the pharmacy could get sued. So yeah. the pharmacy's and, just like... And I think it's worth pointing out if you, you know, if you aren't aware of this and, I, and uh, is that... If you're a woman and you have any kind of medical procedure, like, at all, 
you're going to have a pregnancy test. Like they always are like, want to make sure of like, what are they doing? Is this going to affect this? Is this going to be a problem? You want to get a, you know, yeah. and so like, how does that factor into this? Yeah. Um, it's insanity. Yeah. It's insanity. And so people are, you know, people are dying. Yeah. Because, or suffering because. Yeah. And like, as yeah. much as we've talked about this notion of, hey, people can just cross a border. Well, sort of, except for that the hospital or, or clinic or whatever that is doing that procedure in Illinois now needs to be concerned about liability that they may face for legal action taken in Indiana. And, and you can say, well, you know, that only applies in that state. Well, maybe. We don't know. Because they can sue and then well, the, we'll yeah. go to the Supreme Court and then we get to find out who, where it applies. Yeah. And there are like 10 or 11 uh, pieces of legislation in state courts right now that are trying to criminalize traveling out of state right. to get an abortion. Right. And, you know, and, and one thing that has... What, th- I've had many problems with the way that the Biden administration has responded to all of this and, and that they've been a fairly flat-footed and, a, and behind what's going on. But one thing they did that is, a, I think, a very smart move is... Um, there is a law that's been on the book since the 80s of basically around emergency medical care. And so they have told HHS to tell hospitals that basically you are required under federal law, if you receive federal funds, to treat those cases where somebody comes in and they have an ectopic pregnancy or uh, preeclampsia or any of those sorts of conditions that are yeah. potential risk, that, that an abortion in that case is a... Uh, an, 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 a correct treatment for that situation, and you are required to do that under federal law. And if you don't do that, then you are putting your you're risking fines and losing your uh, Medicare money. Yeah, hospitals go out of business if they lose their Medicare money. They do. So it's it's a serious thing. But and that's great. The flip side of this is if you're a doctor and your choice is. I do this and my hospital loses some, and, and my hospital might get fined, or I don't do this, or flip that around. Yeah. If I if I if yeah, I yeah. perform the abortion, um, I might go to jail, versus my hospital might lose money. Right. And so, what are the choices going to be there? And 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 one of the more subtle impacts of this that I don't think has been talked about enough is how many people, how many doctors are just going to say, I'm moving somewhere else. Because yeah. they just don't want to be in the position to talk about uh, Yeah, it's about true. That. And, well, but we're already seeing, like, property values for spaces that could be opened as clinics on the borders of states like, say, Illinois yeah. have shot up because, like, doctors from Wisconsin yeah. are opening clinics in, in Illinois. Yeah. And, and, and they also, there's, a, there's an interim period here where the demand is going to outstrip the availability yes. of, of those of those yeah. clinics. And who's going to suffer in those situations? It's going to be people who yeah. can least afford to suffer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, in theory, the Interstate Commerce Clause should mean that you can't prosecute somebody for something that happens in another state based on your state laws, but... But the Supreme Court. Who knows? And, and what will be, you know, the, the flip side of that is... Well, then maybe Illinois passes a law that says you can't buy a gun in another state and bring it back. Anyway. Yeah. 
Uh, here's here's maybe... Uh, <laughs> as, uh, as though that Supreme Court wouldn't find hypocrisy and really differently on that case. No, no, no. They're and, totally above board. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Anyhow, yes. I, I, I think one sort of bright spot. So Michigan had a trigger law that was written in the 1930s, so totally applicable. Right. Um, one of the things that's been really interesting about Michigan in the last five years or so is that the people of Michigan have taken a much more active role in their governance. So Voters Not Politicians was a movement in Michigan to put a ballot initiative on to amend the Michigan Constitution to require that the redistricting is done by a nonpartisan panel. Yep. And that passed. Yep. Now, 750,000 people have signed a petition to get a ballot initiative to change the Constitution of Michigan to protect women's reproductive rights. Yes. From abortion to birth control, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. That is amazing. That is amazing. So they just need about half of those to be valid for it to get on the ballot in the fall. Yeah. That's amazing. They shouldn't have to do it. Nope. But... Well, and, you know, and the thing of it is, is, like, that's the kind of thing that will also drive people to get out to vote. Yes. Because, like I was getting at, having a concrete, you show up, these things happen, actually motivates people people in a way that sending me text to ask for money, don't. (laughs) Talking to you, Raphael Warnock. I, you know, here's the thing. I got, (laughs) this is completely tangential to this, but Jesus, man. Every single other candidate I've, de- I've had any interaction with, they send me a text message. I say, stop. They stop. Raphael Warnock's campaign does not do that. Like, I keep getting messages from them on different phone numbers. It's How like, many phone numbers do you have? Stop to quit. Stop. No, no, no. Oh. Like, I, only, I, I actually have two. But, like, I've gotten, like, you know, eight different messages from them in spite of the fact that me going stop, 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 stop every stop, single stop time. Stop it. Like, so like I've like I've emailed them and said, "Hey, can you can you not?" I've tried texting them. Like, can I get a human to please not do this anymore? Yeah. <laughs> like back in the olden days, texts were done by human beings. It was very very antiquated, I know, but what I always think is funny about all those is like a new poll just came out and we're 7,000 points behind. Right. We need $7 from you to close the gap. Like, whoa, hold on, guys. First of all, I'd like to see the methodology behind that poll. Second yeah. of all, huh? If you're Fo- that far behind. Fo- photo of candidate, paragraph of text, yeah. as though I'm getting an email instead of an SMS <laughs> message. Explain to me why, if I don't send them $5 immediately, the world will actually end. <sighs> okay. Ah, modern politics. Uh, if we see our server, we should order beers. Yes. Oh, yeah. There you go. Uh, there was a... Uh, professional can, or what did you call it? Professional the, can. The executive, executive, executive keg. <laughs> Do I want the cushy berry or the feeling fruity? Cushy berry. Thank 100%. you. All right. Wow. Is it like cush with a K, so it's a little dang? Because <laughs> I would definitely get that. <laughs> right. Too obvious. Right. Too, <laughs> too obvious. <laughs> it is, but don't tell anybody. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm going to go with the... 
a Beezer. I'll go with the classic 10-ounce Beezer. Thank you. We should talk about beer. We should talk about beer. I mean, we're at a place where we serve beer. I do they serve and beer. And we're drinking beer. Well, we are. And there's a lot of reasons to cause right. us to drink beer right now. So. <laughs> we're at Old Irving Brewery. Yes. I, so honestly, like, I think the last time I was here I was with you for whenever that podcast was many, many moons ago. Yeah, we, so. yeah I, I mean, Old Irving is, it's a brewery. It's ironically on Montrose. Uh, it's right by the freeway. Here's one of the reasons why I love it. Sometimes when I travel for work, I'll land at O'Hare. I'll get on the blue line. Yeah. I'll take the blue line five stops. It's like 18 minutes and 32 seconds. Thereabouts. I'll get off the blue line. <laughs> I love the notion that any, any Chicago transit service would be that precise. But continue. <laughs> Let me dream. I get off at Montrose. And then I, like, come over to Old Irving Brewery. It's like you could just walk there from the blue line. Yeah. Sometimes... My wife will generously pick me up here. We'll have a beer together. Sometimes I'll just have a beer and then. Yeah, and and they have excellent food here, so that's another good reason to come here. Yeah, the Uh, food is great. Um, The beer selection is always good, and they rotate it. Like right now, it's a lot of IPAs, lots of hazies. Uh, They go heavier beers in the winter. I brought my uh, Norwegian colleagues here when they were here a couple months ago. They loved it. it's kind of all good. So what are you drinking there? I am drinking The Void. I, I, get that, I, I yell into that frequently. Do not drink The Void or The Void will drink you yeah. or something. Uh, that's a blue corn lager. It's a blue corn lager, which I'm like, well, that sounds interesting. The, it is a really nice beer. It's, like, it's, it's definitely got the lager vibe. It has a little, yeah. it's almost a little fruity note to it. And... and but just very subtle and, uh, and a little hop to it, but, like, not a hop that really lingers. It's, yeah. it's very nice. It's a 7% ABV, so it's a little, got a little more residual sugar in it, but it's delightful. And, and we are just now switching to our next course, so let me, let me finish this yeah, right. fine beer. And I've had that, and I, 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 think, it's, I think it's excellent. And now, what am I drinking? The uh, the fruity something or other. Uh, uh, you switched to the cushy berry. It's a fruited the sour. The cushy berry, 6%. spelled with the C, not with a K. Everybody, it's not that kind of place. Let me try the beer. Oh, beautiful! Like sour, you know. Like I don't like the like knock you over the head sour. Like, but this is like a nice sour. Really. Really bouncing nicely to the little hoppy note on the other beer. I, yeah. I'm rather liking it. So, yeah, I started with a banshee. So they right now they've got three hazies on the. Uh, You're set on the menu. Yeah, exactly. I started with the hazy, which is a Citra Strata Mosaic, um, in a, a mid ABV like five and a half. I look super good, right? Yeah. Super crisp, easy to drink. Um, and then I switched to the Ephus, another hazy. Yeah. Uh, and it was smooth, a little fruity, a touch of sour. Like, all nice. of these beers I could sit out, drink on a hot day. Um, and the people here are great. I, you know. Yeah, our server, the, I'm like, here are two sour, fruity beers. Yeah. Which one am I having? He's like, this is the one you're having. Very good choice. Yeah. I'll always recommend this place. Close to transportation. Good folks. Good beer. Uh, and 
I feel like this is like we. I don't feel like we've had pretzels in a while. Yeah, I, and we did have pretzels. And we we had our we had our uh, allotment of pretzels. You know, if you've been following the show for a while, we are a big fan of the pretzel, uh, and this was a very good example of it. Yeah, a nice cheese sauce. A log. I, I'm not sure about the pretzel log. I mean, I could go either way on it. Log is never a food noun I want to eat. I suppose there's that. <laughs> it's, it's, you are it, what you eat. I it's know. just below loaf. Anyway. <laughs> so anyhow, uh, that's our beer segment. Uh, what else we got? I'm sure there's probably something else oh going on in politics. So much. We should go fast, though. Yeah, we've been... We've been uh, I, there, there's a lot to talk we've about. Been, we've Look. been slowing our roll here a little bit. Just January 6th. Steeping in it. Yeah. So... The hearings continue. Yes. We've had a surprise hearing, an emergency kind of hearing. We've had, you know, clearly a narrative being built uh, where they're telling the story and drawing ever closer to uh, he who shall not be named, former president. They took a brief break to bring Cassidy Hutchinson in front of the cameras which was, if you didn't see her testimony, riveting. Yes. Oh, very much so. Riveting. Because she's talking about, you know, and it's all stuff that's inadmissible in court, right? It's yeah. like hearsay, you know, she heard from the Secret Service that, you know, Donald Trump got so angry when they wouldn't let him go to the Capitol and march right. in. He wanted to march into the chambers that he tried to jump through and grab the steering wheel of the beast to get, like. It was not the beast, though. It was, like, just an SUV, but whatever, you know. It's like you can believe it, not believe it. I I, I don't know. There's been some back and forth on it. You know, the Secret Service saying, no, it didn't really happen like that, but other people saying, like, well. Well, and then the Secret Service, uh, they're, like, kind of, like, pro-Trump-ish in a way, and at least the people involved in this, and then, like, I mean, now, to be fair, like, there was no way that Trump was going to be able to choke out his driver with his tiny, tiny little hands, no. let alone grab a steering wheel. Like, I don't even know how he'd no. hold a steering wheel no, with those small hands. No, he's never driven. Um, or fit through the window. Right. Yes. Well, right? Yeah. Like, there's there's a little window back there. You just slide you it assume. closed, right? I assume. assume. Yeah. Um, but, look, beyond that, if you said, like, okay, well... I'm sure that whatever happened generated some chatter via text message, right? Hey, Secret Service, can we have your text messages from the 5th and the 6th of uh, January? What text messages? Oh, they happen to get deleted. Oh, weird. like some of them? No, all of them. Huh. That's huh. weird. That is... It's a little scary. Yeah. A little strange. Um, one of the things I'm finding very fascinating about... Uh, Hutchison's testimony and, and some of the other stuff that's been going on is um, I don't know if you're familiar with this concept uh, called witness tampering where I am where he's saying Do it all hey, the time. hey uh, you who is about to testify against me uh, maybe you shouldn't do that maybe you know maybe threatening them a little bit um, like let, I'm just going to use it I'm just going to describe a situation and, and you just tell me if this sounds like witness tampering so so imagine this a person calls and says uh, a person let me know you have your deposition tomorrow. He wants me to let you know he's thinking about you. He knows you're loyal, and you're going to do the right thing when you go in for your deposition. Like, that, I don't know. That sounds a bit like witness tampering to me. Uh, it sounds like a, a threat. 
you know, a little bit. It sounds like the kind of shitty threat that is made in like a mafia movie by yeah, well, by the by the by the shitty mafia guys. Like, hey, you know, you ever you seen know. Ghost Dog? No, I haven't seen the Ghost Dog. Oh, you have. First of all, see Ghost Dog. Second of all, yeah. it'd be like that mafia. And if you've seen Ghost Dog, you know what I'm saying. Okay. Thank you. Oh no, 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 no you're good, man. All Here good. at Old Irving Brewery, their servers are actually ninjas. Right. And, yes. Uh, part-time <laughs> ninjas. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> I'm marking that, but we'll probably leave it in. No, I so think we should. if you hear this now, you'll know I left it in. I it it is. Amazing, and actually, Liz Cheney at the end of the last hearing was like, "So, there's a witness that you haven't heard from that received several calls from the president. They chose not to answer them; instead, told their lawyer, and their lawyer told yes. us, and we told the Justice Department because, come on, man, yeah, uh, yeah. So there have been multiple incidents that are clearly witness tampering uh, or attempts at it." Yes. So, yes, and, and yeah, and to be clear, the quote I'm referring to all ties into to Hutchinson. So, yeah. And the other thing she said that was really fascinating to me is, here's a list of people who sought pardons. Yeah, yeah. And it was... Like, why do you... I Have you ever sought a pardon, EJ? Cause, no. Okay. No, I haven't. Huh, I haven't no. either. I wonder why. Hmm. Hmm. Don't know. And, it, like, and you hear it. And she's credible, right? She's uh, she's credible partially because she's young, right? And I think, and that sounds, you know, maybe counterfactual, but, like, she doesn't have the long-term sort of investment in some bullshit idea system yeah. that others do, you know? So when she's like, I thought that was crazy, you're like, yeah, I bet you she would think that was crazy. Yeah. And so she went through the list of all the people who asked for pardons. And it's all the people. You know who all the people are. Oh, right? yeah. 100%. You know who all the people are. Rhymes with Juliani. Yeah. <laughs> and Bates. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, Nest thermostats, everybody. So they're spying on you. Wait, what? <laughs> she also described, and several people described this meeting in December that was and, and I think this is really important to talk about because it, it's this meeting where they're trying to decide what to do because they know they've lost yeah and you get you know some people who are nominally more reasonable saying well you lost maybe you should just concede and then you get the other side that's the Sidney Powell's Michael Flynn's over pillow stock guy, you know Giuliani. I I feel like I I just uh, I feel like that there should never be a manufacturer of a pillow involved in high level conversations about the future of our country. I yes. and I'm not saying like you know hey nothing you wrong with pillows. Former crack addict, pillow manufacturer. Hey, you know man, you know so everybody gets self medication. I'm not going to judge that. That's fine. If you're not trying to overthrow the country, I don't really do do you, man. <laughs> but but like they they talk about this 6-hour meeting that happened where it was like, well, you should seize all the voting machines. Have the military seize the voting machines like yes. And in the end, what happened was the tweet that says show up on January 6th, it's going to be wild. Now, 
a couple things about this, and and something that to me has been this weird narrative slash redemption arc that's happened. Like the people in that meeting who were saying, "Boy, you're insane for asking to do this," and mm, this seems terrible. Who are coming out now to say, "Yo, we said that was terrible at the time, and boy, he shouldn't have said that. Shouldn't have done that. You can't do that. That's illegal." None of them stepped up during the impeach- impeachment hearing, so we should acknowledge that. Yeah. So it, there is a, there shouldn't be some like Pat Cipollone. That's a stand-up guy. Yeah. You know, and when Pat Cipollone got on the stand, and again his testimony was impactful, it was very interesting. But then he's like, you know what? I think Mike Pence deserves the Presidential Medal of Freedom. And they're like, or for not overthrowing the yeah, country like exactly. i feel like that's a basic requirement of the job i mean like literally you make a pledge to not do that right so so you're really doing the basics of the job yeah. like there is no reason that you should get that over you know courage is not doing your job right exactly. courage would have been again during the impeachment yeah. hearing showing up and saying i believe he should be impeached because he's a danger to democracy yeah. Like and just just real quick on Pence, like let's let us be clear about this. Like, as much as Pence did obviously not pull the trigger on having a constitutional crisis, he certainly flirted with it way more than he should have. Yeah. Like conversations with Dan Quayle, which I don't even know why that's a thing. Well, <laughs> Indiana vice president, like cause, well, White Cheney, guy. Cheney probably didn't take his calls, so. Right. <laughs> Too, too busy shooting people in the face. Right? It's like, I've got to work your way back to the vice presidents. What do I got? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you like that idea? Like going through his Rolodex? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Dick Cheney. Uh, he's not taking my calls. Uh, <laughs> quail. All right. Yes, it's Quail. I guess it's Quail. Dan Quail is like, I was vice president. <laughs> he's got to watch old videos of people making fun of him being vice president. I. So we've got. I, uh, Two two things coming up. There's going to be Agnew. Agnew, you got you got, got a moment. Spiro <laughs> Agnew. So there's going to be, in theory, the last hearing, the tying it all together. It's going to be about what was Trump doing during the insurrection, and the rumor is that's going to be in prime time this coming week. I'm going to watch it. Yeah, it's going to be great. Everybody tells me it's going to be the best. Some must see TV if yeah. you're. Uh, and Somebody keep in mind TV that at one point even in the though 90s. Fox is not covering this in li- live, people are watching these. Yeah. They are watching. Um, and kind of daytime Fox is also talking about it in a kind of like, shit, did you see that? It's a hedge to be sure. But yeah. Um, Steve Bannon. I just want to talk about Steve Bannon for a second. One, he goes on trial for contempt of Congress. Uh, next week, uh, he said he wasn't going to comply with the subpoena. Um, and then he was charged with contempt of Congress. And right before his trial, he's like, oh, no, 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 I'm going to uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to. Right. That means they get out of this whole contempt thing. Right? right. Like, no. Well, because it's not how this works. Because the because Trump said, I'll waive executive privilege. That he didn't have anyway, but he's like, oh, I'm going to use that. That's why I didn't comply, which is just setting up a defense, really. Yeah. So, but the judge was like, F you, Bannon, which I appreciate. Trial starts. Bannon says he's going to testify. He'll probably just plead the fifth. Fine. 
but there's a great hot mic moment. He's being recorded when nobody he doesn't know it, and he's like, so the strategy is that Trump is just going to come out on election night and say one because we know that you know the ba- the day to- the day of of election ballots are going to favor the republicans so he's going to come out and say he won and uh tell everybody to fuck off what are they going to do he'll fire everybody in the fbi and the justice department so he as soon as he's elected again as soon as he's you know president he never has to face an election it's a good strategy who cares who actually won And like you know, and like yeah, we know. Like this is the thing that's so frustrating about this and stuff. Like, was like, we all know that was the game with all of this. It had that like they we know they knew the whole time that this was bullshit. That yeah. the, you know that the election was stolen. Sir, we knew that, that, that. But no, they like we have to do this game of of proving that they knew. Uh, yeah, and and you know they're, they're they're trying their hardest to be like. Well, you know, he's he's really kind of an idiot. So he didn't actually know. And there are people in the room who are, you know, he was listening to the guy who makes pillows instead right. of the people who actually know something about governing. And what are you going to do? Like. <sighs> okay. Next week, the big show. Let's move fast. Elon right. Musk. Elon, Elon Musk. Musk. Every By the day, way, his dad looks like Elon Musk in like an old man costume. It's really kind of creepy. I think it involves time travel, which means he's eventually going to invent time travel. So be careful. Go. Looper. Hashtag looper. So Elon <laughs> Musk uh, complained about population problems. And then like a week later, we find out he's got 10 kids. 10 kids? The Elon Musk. He's a population problem. I understand. He is a population problem. And we also found out that his dad, Elon Musk, has a bronco. Uncother? What is that? I don't. When I, your I, father has a child with his stepdaughter, that gives makes that child your uncle bro, half brother, right? This is from Spaceballs, right? No, this is from. Oh, this is from re- actual reality. The family oh, of weird. Elon okay, Musk. Yeah, all right. I mean, hey, whatever. You know, you you don't choose your family. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna judge him for that. I'm gonna judge him for the fact that he's in all other ways. An, an Though idiot. you can choose not to have sex with your family. I mean, Elon didn't do that, did he? I don't think to he did. To the best of our knowledge, we, uh, to the best of our knowledge, I haven't, I haven't checked the genetic lineage of those ten children. But so, and then there's the Twitter, right? So obviously, everybody knows he's like, I'm gonna buy Twitter, and I'm gonna buy it for fifty four twenty a share. Now you could ask me. Did I have that number written down on the notes? No. Am I really into the stock market? Also, no. But do I? Rem- why do I remember it? Because it was a fucking troll number. Oh yeah. Because he's like, I got to get four twenty in here somehow, guys. Right. It's probably worth fifty one ten. Let's just go fifty four twenty. And here's the thing: like, I I am I am usually somebody who is like. Capitalism works fairly well if you regulate it properly, and like I will generally be like, you know, capitalism like it can be, it can work, it can work. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta. But like seeing shit like that, I'm like, no, 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 this, no, no. State-owned capital. Screw this guy. Well, and you know, so now he's like, and he said, I'm gonna buy Twitter because the bots are a problem. We need free speech. We need to get rid of bots. Then he's like, I can't. I'm gonna pull out of this Twitter deal. Which, by the way, evidently was the only time he's ever pulled out. Aha! Uh-huh. And he's like, I'm pulling out because there are too many bots. 
Wait a minute. Your whole point was that you're going to fix the bots. It's too hard for you? Is it too hard it's not for like the going Musk? To, like, like, that's hard. Going to Mars is easy. <laughs> and here was the best part of this whole saga to me. So he's trying to pull out. Twitter's suing him. He's probably going to lose. I, it's 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 something about Maryland and here's the thing Elon Musk is a very rich person with a lot of lawyers the the, the the chances that he's actually ever pays any money to Twitter over any of this is like near zero I'll say two beers says and at least it's a billion dollars and here's the thing if, if it's a billion dollars he doesn't care he doesn't actually have any money anyway that's what capitalism really has given us all right uh, but then, at the very end of this, somehow, Donald Trump thought it would be hilarious to just say, uh, Elon Musk was in my office begging for subsidies for his subsidized cars that don't drive far enough, rockets to nowhere. <laughs> it's like, if I had asked him to get down on his knees and beg, he would have said yes. And we're like... Well, that I makes don't know sense. Who root for it all here. makes sense. He's mad at he's mad at Elon Musk because Elon Musk is the most trending person on Twitter, and and Trump is not on Twitter anymore. So I, I so he's he got to like take him down a peg. I think he did it because Musk said he wasn't going to buy Twitter, and of course Trump doesn't understand any of the rules here, and Trump thought that Musk was going to buy Twitter and let him back on. Yeah. So. I don't understand why a rich person like Trump doesn't just spend all his money buying back Twitter because he's so rich. Oh, that's true. Yeah. But what about Truth Social? It's got 12, fo- it's got 12 people on there. Right. Uh, crypto still all sucks. <laughs> yeah, they're all bots. <laughs> crypto still sucks. Open Seas laying off a bunch of people. Board 8 Pictures actually now represents the people who are laid yes. off. Yes. Uh, turns out, everybody, if a bank account of any form is offering you 20% plus interest on your deposits... It's a scam, Celsius. and you will lose your money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you also, know. crypto lending as a sort of business thing, not a not a thing. Not a not a thing. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to talk about inflation because okay. it sucks. But gas prices are going down. But Fox News but hey. says they're going down too fast. Yes. And I want to say just a quick thing on inflation. Look at uh, fertilizer prices as a thing as a part of inflation because that's going to be nasty. It is well, and that's definitely driven by Ukraine, right? That so, is definitely driven by Ukraine. So, uh, which is fascinating. Uh, I, spike proteins still changing. Space, uh, space. James Webb. Okay, like Fuck. I'm going to spend the next hour talking about that pretty picture. I mean, I needed to get something positive, right? Because I'm going to distill this down to the coolest thing you will see is a is a side by side comparison of what Hubble could see and what James Webb could see, and you're like, oh. Well, I guess that's why we went through all this trouble to send that thing into space. I do just put together a thing on GitHub, Nerds Unite, that is all the same pictures, and you have the slider so you can see the Hubble versus Web. Yeah. And I remember when the Hubble pictures came out because I'm old, and I was like, these are unbelievable. It's never going to get any better than, oh, my God. Yeah. It was like when when porn went 4K. Unbelievable. Right. Exactly. Unbelievable. Um. That's a huge win. It's a huge win. Space, everybody. Space, Space everybody. Space. Uh, International segment. Ukraine still sucks. Still sucks. Um, uh, there's been, a, you know, negotiations happening in Turkey. Uh, the biggest. I feel like ri- we're going to be talking about this 
for years at this point. Um, so, so the U.S. Congress is approving money to train the Ukrainians how to fly F-16s and F-15s. Yeah, there's been a general move to like by the West to do the commitment they need to get Ukraine the support they need. It's just a matter of like how long does it take for that to unfurl yeah. versus the immediate needs that they have. Yeah, and I think you know there's a little less interest. It's not as prominent in the media. Which I actually think is good because I think you can get more things passed without there being an uproar. Yeah, that's um, true. Um, the big thing that'll be interesting is like how that affects ongoing things like inflation, oil prices, yada yada. Like, is that going to push people to want to try to like and food end prices. things more quickly in a way that is perhaps less helpful to yes. uh, the Ukrainian people? Uh, All right. Biden's in the Middle East. Great. He's in Saudi Great? Arabia. Is that good? No. Okay. Um, MB met the crown prince. Gave him I thought that was in Maine, by the way, on our notes. Biden's in Maine. Gave him a <laughs> fist pump instead of a handshake. Why is he talking to the prime minister of Israel in Bangor, Maine? I don't understand. <laughs> he stopped through <laughs> Israel on the way by. The world. I, I, look, he, uh, actually, there's now a, uh, you can fly directly from Saudi Arabia to Israel. That's the first time in a long time. That's great. Um, he met the new prime minister, Yair uh, Lapid, uh, when we last covered the Israeli elections. After the fourth election, there was a coalition government. Neftali Bennett, uh, or Neftali Bennett, yeah, was the prime minister. It was kind of a sharing agreement with Yair Lapid, who is now the prime minister because their coalition fell apart. Okay. And there's going to be another election in November. Hashtag Circus 2020. Yeah, I don't know which is better. The, the the government that is like entirely predictable and and yet in a negative way can't get anything done. Or the one that's just like, and you're constantly yeah. in real And Netanyahu will come back. Probably. I, but it is really interesting, the, the trip to Saudi Arabia from Biden, because of all of the things that are fraught there. So the report is that Biden said to MBE, the crown prince, like, I think you're responsible for the death of Khashoggi. Khashoggi? Khashoggi, um, yeah. What does that mean? I don't know. Um, if he actually said it to him, I think that that's something. But I, I don't know how you disentangle the, the two countries' economies, especially with the, re you know, at this point. It's, it's always a little awkward when, you like, your economy is dependent on the whims of a brutal dictator type of several brutal dictators yeah well so you know like hey norway's good they if, make lots of oil it's fine yeah, they do but if saudi arabia <laughs> said we're going to increase our production 35 percent yeah that would be a win for biden that would show up around september all those all those i did that stickers would be hilarious <laughs> so Think about it. If you're Biden and you're like, well, he's probably responsible for the death of a journalist, which is terrible. But he could also improve the lives of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of Americans. What do you do? By killing the planet further. By killing the planet further. So this is the, yeah, yeah. Mansion and This has been one of the things that's like really hard to swallow with the whole like gas price thing is like. We, we, we need to stop using this. You know we need to stop using this. And, like, 
as much as I feel like we're moving towards EVs and all of that, like that that we're still freaking out over gas prices and like I don't know. I'm not I'm not an I'm I used to be an optimistic person and I'm quickly ceasing to be. <laughs> Have you bought your EV yet? Uh, no, because I just I just try not to drive. That's really my better answer. I'm gonna buy seven or eight of them and set them on fire. Right. Well, that's, that's what they do, it, right? right? They just burn up. No. That's what Fox News told me. That's what Fox News told me. As the owner of a Chevy Bolt, I can tell you it's never caught on fire. The range is great. It's a fantastic, perfectly car. lovely vehicle. Uh, I don't. I don't want a new car until it drives itself. I think that's really where I'm at. Local segment. Look, we had Illinois primaries. Really want to talk about this. 19% turnover. Turnout, turnout even. Turnout. Hey, thanks, Illinois. 20% of you came out to vote. Congressional districts. Some interesting <laughs> results. One, third district. Delia Ramirez. So we went through a redistricting. This was a district clearly drawn to be uh, represented by... Uh, by a Hispanic caucus member. There were two kind of main candidates there. Delia Ramirez was endorsed by Bernie Sanders. He came out, stumped yep. for her. Her main opponent was endorsed by everybody else, including people like Chewy Garcia, who's, a, who's in Congress already. Delia crushed Crushed like 63% of the vote. Yep. Unbelievable. Uh, sixth district. Uh, another redistricting. Sean Caston. We talked about him last. His, his daughter tragically died um, recently. Uh, was districted into, uh, redistricted in with another Democratic representative. Um, Marie Newman, who beat Dan Lipinski in the last round. So Dan yes. Lipinski, longtime Democrat, anti-choice. Um, they finally got rid of him. Yeah, and and it's it's a like Marie had to fight very hard against sort of the Democratic establishment in terms of like being able to get access to resources and be able to run against Lipinski, and so. Yeah. It's a little, it, it sucks that, you know, she was in the situation where she's now running against, you know, Sean. Um, and so now she's, you know, she lost to him. And and and, and it wasn't yeah. close, right? It was yeah. another. And there was some, there were some things that looked questionable that, that I think hurt her as far as that goes. And um, I, I do feel bad for her. I thought I do. she was doing good stuff. Yeah. She had the office across from Marjorie Taylor Greene. Right. And Marie Newman has a, a, cha- a trans child. And, yep. like, yeah, I, I feel bad for her. I very much like Sean Caston. So it was a ah, uh, seventh district. Danny Davis, longtime representative there, kind of ineffectual. Not somebody I really care about. Still won 52%. Uh, 47% went to uh, a challenger who I thought had a chance. Um, other statewide race, Darren Bailey. So he is the Republican nominee for governor. And the reason that and this is interesting is because Darren, uh, the day of the shootings in Highland Park, released a campaign video that said we need to move on 
It was like 20 minutes after right. the news. Yeah. And then the next day released a, a fundraising email for an auction for an AR-15. That sounds right. He also owns a religious school. Yeah. Yeah. And he has another video quoting the Bible where he quotes the Bible wrong. And, and one of the things that's a fun little side bit about this is, is Pritzker tried to put his thumb on the scale a little bit in the Republican primary. Yes, and it was and interesting. talked about this. Yes. So it's like, it's interesting how that's played out. But uh, yeah, he is clearly not a, uh, he's going to get eaten alive and I'm going to enjoy watching it. Oh my God. <laughs> I really hope so. Because... <laughs> Uh, because he's terrible. Yeah. Right? And we, we kind of joked before about uh, Griffin, Ken Griffin, owner of Citadel or yes. Shitadel. Yes. If you're on Wall Street Bets or Super Stonk on the Reddit, <laughs> uh, has dumped a ton of money into campaigns and he lost them all. Well, and I feel like Griffin. And then he moved to Florida. Yeah, I think it's like he's like, fine, you guys aren't going to pay attention to me, so I'm leaving. Taking Good. my ball and I'm going home. Good. And that's and and do not let the door hit you in the ass, son. <laughs> uh, so some things that I was really some Chicagoy things that I really happy about, Chicagoish. So one, state rep, state houses are where it's at. If you're not in Illinois, pay attention to your state house race. Yep, it's very important, especially um, now. There was a race. Uh, here in the city, it's not my district, not my state house district, but it was. But it is mine. It is yours. Um, and there were two candidates kind of at the top. There was a woman named Eileen Dordek. I've known her for a few years. She's very smart, very nice. I like her very much. Yeah, and a very regular part of like the 47th Ward Democrats yeah. and, and, yeah. Really has ran for Alderman previously. Yep. She, uh, in the spate of, of people running for that seat, and it was an open seat, was another guy named Hone Wynn, uh, an immigrant. He started campaign very early, before the lines were drawn. I met him very early on. He impressed the hell out of me. Really a nice guy, and you could tell he was working very hard, but people didn't give him a chance, and he won. Yeah. And not by a little, by a lot. Yeah. And I saw him the other day, uh, a group that I'm affiliated with endorsed him. He showed up at that meeting. I haven't seen him since last summer. Yeah. And he walked up and he recognized me and he knew who I was. And he, the first thing he said was, before I could say congratulations, was thank you for encouraging me. And like, and like I did very little, right? This isn't about me. This is, yeah. here's a guy who worked his ass off. And, and I think we'll continue to work his and ass And we'll continue off. Yeah. to work his ass and, off. And, um, and I, I voted for him uh, largely on EJ's endorsement, so he got, he got himself one vote from you. Ooh. So there you go. Hon, um, if you're listening, which you're not, yeah. there's one vote. I got you one vote. You know, it was one thing. Like, there wasn't, like, any, like, real candidate forums I was aware of and things like that, which, you know, normally I like. Um, you know, and I had seen, seen Dordek run previously as alderman and, I had kind of formed some opinions about her as she was running against Matt Martin, who is now the the, yeah. the alderman. Um, Good old and Matt. So you know, but I, I I was I was happy to see win win. So there you go. 
and that's great. I'm, I I wasn't sure because the districts are all weird, right? Yeah. And another race I was really excited about, really happy about, was <laughs> was Samantha Steele for Cook County Board of Review. So when you look at how taxes are are calculated, you've got the assessor, you have the board of review. They work sometimes in conjunction, sometimes against one another. Uh, Fritz Kage uh, won the assessor race the last time against a super criminal, beat somebody else whose last name is Steele this time in the primary. That's great. But the board of review, Samantha Steele running against some quasi-Democrats. Yeah. She won. That's a great win. I think that'll be great. Um, One of the interesting things coming out of all these races is the number of people who are now, who were nominally Democrats, who didn't run because they didn't think they could win, now trying to get their names onto the Republican side of tickets because they were unchallenged. So um, more about that in the next episode, I'm sure. Chicago politics, very quickly. We're coming up now on when people are going to announce for their run for office for city council. Two big people have said they're not going to run anymore. Osterman and Kappelman. If you're not from Chicago, you don't know who they are. They have districts up along the lake. Let me, let me, let me, let me try to frame it for you if you don't know the area. So in my ward, which is uh, the alderman is Matt Martin, we have just added along the road that is right in front of my home bike lanes, like like nicely painted out solid bike lanes, and they end at Clark. The reason they end at Clark is because the ward on the other side of Clark is run by Kappelman. Right. And I'm so instead s- of going all the way to the lake, they end at Clark. And I'm going to spend a ton of time in the campaign for somebody in that ward. Yeah. That seems like a good choice. It does. And the war just north of there. Yeah. So, and also, hey, we got a daily in jail, spending three months in jail for tax evasion. Uh, and we have. Which you think we'd have more dailies in jail, but I know. We somehow. probably do, we just don't know about them. Right? They're like the musks, they're more than you know. And <laughs> like the muskrats. <laughs> and uh, Ed Burke's trial has now been set for November 2023, which I assume they're just hoping he doesn't make it that long. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And that's all the news that's fit to print, ladies and gentlemen. And we aren't printing it, so there you go. Yeah. Because that would be a lot more more. work than having a beer and chatting about it. Yeah. Thanks for sticking around with us. Stay safe. Support people. Do what you can. We'll we'll get through it together, everybody. Protect democracy. All right. Take care. Bye-bye.